Podcast episode 245. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels. He was the pilot, David Brony, family. And just hanging out over here in Japan, uh, my And uh, we picked a good day. Well, I don't want to say we picked a good day to record. A lot of stuff happened on our recording day. That's, that's always a good, good start for things. Mm-hmm. Do we want to start in on what we've been playing, or do we just want to jump straight to the news? Let's circle back to what we've been playing. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> there was a Nintendo Direct today. And... Yeah, kind of a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it characterized as the most wonderful thing that you could have imagined that didn't actually mention Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> yeah, that's... Pretty much. That game was never coming out at the beginning of the year, so I wasn't surprised to not see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, but I mean, leading up to it, there, I saw people going, oh, they're not going to mention Breath of the Wild 2, so what's the point? And after ah, they were yeah, like, oh, oh, there was the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, it started off start? with um, a new Fire Emblem Warriors, which is solely focused mm-hmm. on Three Houses. Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes. Yeah, looks nice. Mm-hmm. Seems to be doing kind of the Age of Calamity thing where they've taken a game that has uh, an inherent tragic element to it and given you an alternate game that can have slightly less of a tragic yeah. edge to it. Uh, hopefully it's a lot better than Age of Calamity. <laughs> um, let's see what else was there. Uh, we finally got a release date for the Advanced Wars remix. Mm-hmm. Yep, April, April. Um, those have been delayed, and it was kind of hadn't heard anything for a while, so it's nice to get a, re- a release date for those. Yeah, the April eighth release date had been r- rumored for quite a while. They just hadn't said anything about yeah. it. Um, we got we're getting f- another front mission remake because didn't we get one on D- DS already? Yes, there was Front Mission First, which is what this is patterned after, because the difference being that Front Mission First added another campaign, as far as I can tell. So, this is based off that. It is being done by Forever Entertainment, who you may remember as the people doing the Panzer Dragoon 1 and 2 remakes. Nice. Hmm. Uh, It looks quite nice. It looks very faithful. Yes. Um, And... They also, they also threw in at the end that they're doing two as well. Yeah, which is a bigger, a slightly bigger deal. One, because we've never officially gotten it. And two, because the fan translation, as last I checked anyway, uh, has issues like that. That game is apparently just a mess to hack. Uh. Mm-hmm. Front Mission 2, early PS1 game. We never got it. Uh... And it'll be nice to have an official release of that. That will mean that the only mainline Front Mission game that has not been released in the U.S. is 5. What about Gun Hazard? That's not a mainline game. Ah. There's some other stuff that uh, that would also qualify as not having been released here. If we were counting Gun Hazard, we would also include things like Front Mission Alternative and such. Yeah. yeah, I'd I mean, like to see Gun Hazard. Yeah. Say what? There aren't that many games in the series total. We might as well count all of them. Yeah, Still fair enough. 
But yeah, so we're getting Front Mission 1 and 2 uh, remakes uh, on Switch. The first one comes out in summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if they specified a month for it. I think it might have just been July or something. But yeah, first first one comes out this summer. The second one, no idea, just says in the future. So that one, probably more of a 2023 game at the yeah. best, but... Uh, you know, good to see Front Mission still still kicking. Yep. That's uh, one of those franchises that manages to keep coming back despite every indication that uh, the, whatever was the most recent thing probably should have killed it. Uh, in this case, that would be <laughs> Left Alive, uh, which was an interesting concept executed very poorly. Uh, but yeah, so Front Mission. Uh, let's see... What to move on to next? If there's there's some like the biggest thing, almost feels like it should be saved for last. Yeah. But uh, Earthbound is coming to or is out on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, Earthbound and uh, Mother One and Two, Earthbound yeah. and Earthbound Beginnings, they're both on Switch Online right now. Yeah, yep. I saw on Twitter. I think uh, I think it was Strawberry Eggs was playing part of Earthbound Zero. She had screenshotted it just to show off. Yeah, I booted it up as well because it's like, well, I've never actually finished it, so I might as well try on this. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nintendo, the 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 adventures of Nintendo and NES. Yes. Uh, 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 new Triangle Strategy demo out today that transfers yeah. over to the full game. There's like three okay, chapters, I think. Yeah. And and they're never choosing another name for that game. Nope. Nope. As it turns out, once you've shown it to like a million, millions and millions of people with one name, it becomes very hard to change that. Well, have you heard the theme song that has the lyric triangle strategy actually in it? Yeah, they, they just added on that name a while ago. <sighs> I mean, it's still better than Bravely Default. I would have enjoyed Octopath, Octopath Tactics, or something like that. I don't think they wanted to imply that they were in the same universe. Yeah. yeah. Anything, you sure about that, Wheels? I don't know. Anything would have been, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It looks really good. It's probably going to be very good. If you wanted a new Tactics Ogre, this is probably the closest thing you can get. Yeah. Yeah. At least until they decide to uh, port the entire um, Ogre Battle series to Switch. I'd play that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the way things are going, especially considering some of the other items on this Nintendo Direct. Yeah. It may, may just be a question <laughs> of time before they have just brought as much of their old Famicom, uh, Super Famicom library over yeah. as possible. Speaking uh, of old Super Famicom Square games, Radical yeah, Dreamers. Got, yeah, oh, that was the one I was going to mention next, but yes. Um, Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers Edition. Yes. Um, so, how much? I mean, are they actually changing anything? Is are they actually adding in some of the stuff from the original Radical Dreamers, or they're just using the name? You, you, they just are including Radical Dreamers. Yeah. In the pack. They, you actually get oh. Radical Dreamers. 
I mean, the uh, satellite whatever thing. Yeah, the Satellaview game is just going to be included. Yeah, they said there'd be other like changes and improvements, so I don't know what else those are. It seems like it's just the usual slate of like yeah. we had a we added a remix soundtrack, we made it so that you can not do battles, which is good because after the first couple fights after a boss, battles are worthless in Chrono Cross. Yeah, because uh, the way the stats are granted. Yeah, it's like a neutered version of the Saga stat system, uh, but uh, and a speed up. Like, all of which should make the game more palatable. Like, it's still going to be not... It's still going to have a lot of problems, but, like, if you need to experience it, this is probably the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looks mostly nice. They seem to have done some sort of AI ups on the backgrounds. They've redone the character models in a way that's faithful, but, you know, nicer. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Uh, but, yeah, Radical Dreamers officially in English for the first time is it's nice it's nice <sighs> then the other super famicom thing oh were we were we already jumping to that i was going to talk about klonoa for 10 minutes oh i forgot about klonoa klonoa there's so much stuff in there i forgot series. about fucking klonoa i love there's klonoa. Just a lot of stuff there yeah <laughs> Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series, which is remakes of Klonoa 1 and 2. Nice. Uh, seemingly, like, one of the things when they... So this this has been something that it's been reasonable to assume was going to happen at some point for quite a long time, because back in, like, 2018 or so, Namco... Uh, Namco uh, trademarked a bunch of things in Japan, like Katamari Damashi Encore, Mr. Driller Drillland Encore, uh, Klonoa Encore. Uh, there's also like Splatterhouse Encore. There's a few other Encores that we still haven't seen from. But basically, uh, over time, they've like made uh, corresponding trademarks in English-speaking territories. Uh, and one of the ones that came up was a Klonoa trademark. It's like, oh, yeah. this Klonoa, there must be some sort of Klonoa uh, coming back soon. But the question became, what is it? And this appears to be two like entirely new remakes because it's, it's one and two, and it doesn't appear to be using the Wii remake as a base. It seems okay. to be an entirely new remake for the first game, and two has just never reappeared ever. So, mm-hmm. but it, it looks nice. It's been pleasingly upscaled. They they were both very nice looking games to begin with. So, yeah. This- doesn't seem to be a lot they even need to do for the, those games. Yeah, nice. but they've, they've given them the old spit shine anyway, and they both look really nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no Man's Sky is coming to Switch somehow. I am shocked someone had the appetite to make that port. Yeah, like I was like, sitting there waiting for the cloud version at the end of that. that I was came. fully expecting that to be cloud version as well. I don't know what happened. How they, like... Because, like, I know it's it's a become... It's much more popular now than it was when it was released, and it was just a pile of broken promises. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten but, an insane amount of new content at this point. Yeah, it's basically a different game. Changes. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I saw that, and I was like, I don't know how you make this run on Switch. It looked yeah. like it ran fine in the it videos. It great. I, I saw... Um, president of that company that makes the super lucky games tweeting about it saying how the hell did they do this 
It's it's a it's a pile of questions. I'd be yeah. very interested to hear the tech post mortem on how they managed it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm still yeah. I, I I'm still amazed they got Warframe to run on the things, and this is probably way more complicated than that. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, just for the wheels is in the audience. Do we want to mention the MLB uh, right there? With the two uh, Otani's, with the two Otani's, yeah. yeah, that was amusing. That that was a that was a canny move because uh, if that if that section ran in Japan, that would probably play well in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, it's very it's gonna be great very to have that serious on the Switch. I'm looking forward to that. Although that is not that's already that was already announced beforehand. Yeah, no, I, I'm mildly. There's a part of me that wants to purchase it just to have the first box ever that is a Switch game with a PlayStation logo on it. <laughs> there is a PlayStation Studios logo on that box. And I kind of, just for historicity, I kind of have to own it. <laughs> Hey, I mean, Road of the Show mode is basically an RPG. Yeah, I'm not, I might, I'm not I might buy that. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I can't, I can't disprove it. <laughs> but honestly, yeah, I, honestly, I might. I'm, I'm not wrong. Like the further along you go, you invest your stats in like your if you're like a pitcher in like your different pitches and your different stats. It's it's totally an RPG. Yeah, but like I said, I'm, I might buy it just for the historicity of PlayStation logo on Nintendo Switch box. Yeah. Uh, Portal collection. Oh uh, yeah, yeah the the companion collection, which seems like a nice a nice way to play Portal One and Two. I never finished two, so maybe I'll pick that up at some point. Yeah. It looked I'm, nice I'm enough. I'm not sure if I've ever actually owned a machine that could run Portal. <laughs> I think you'd have a good time with it. They're very good. I'm sure I would. It's not, it's a game I'm actually interested in. I just never figured out if I could play it on anything. Now you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. It's just well, now you can. Yeah. What else? As soon as my Switch controller actually gets back from repairs. Right. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, uh, they showed off the Ezio collection on Switch, which uh, are looks fine. Look, look fine. Like the Ezio collection. Yeah, they I mean they've already had. Assassin's Creed 4 running on there, great. So it, those are going to be totally... I fun. mean, the bigger question was like what the source of those ports was going to look like, because right. the FCA collection on PS4 and Xbox did have uh, enhancements made to it. But... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, honestly kind of looking forward to messing around with those games again. It's been a while. It's it's a lot of game. Yeah. You're getting a lot of game in that package. That's... Uh, that's Perhaps too much, but that's a different question. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mario Strikers is back. Yep. I the people that, yeah. who I've seen excited We're for free. this are really excited for this. It, look, it looks really fun. But yeah, if you like, uh, Mar like really full contact Mario soccer, that's that's there for you. Uh, I suppose this is not that surprising. Nintendo just acquired the people who made those games originally, next level games. Mm -hmm. so, I didn't know they hadn't already. <laughs> they they acquired next level games shortly after Luigi's Mansion 3 came out. Okay. 
I'm going to say, Nintendo has not historically been much in the business of acquiring its uh, third-party developer or second-party developers. They're, they're much more prone to partnerships than they are to outright yeah. acquisition. But, I mean, like, after Rare and everything, I think they've been more willing to entertain the option if it became obvious that they needed to do it in order to retain something. Well, with Rare, it was more a case of, like, they always had the right of first refusal. Like, if someone else made an offer on Rare, they were allowed to match it but mm-hmm. the th- and, like, make the acquisition themselves. But the problem is that Microsoft made a $324 million offer, and they were like, eh, not worth that much. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, and in and in the same year they spent one million dollars and purchased Retro Studios. Um, but yeah, like I, usually they they only bother with acquisitions at this stage if it seems like there is a reason to assume that they might lose access to the studio otherwise. And I think there were other companies sniffing at buying Next Level at that point, so it's like, well, let's sniff that in the bud. The, uh, the Wii Sports 2, essentially. Switch Sports, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's, yeah. it looks like three Wii Sports. Yeah. Downloadable, have, have free golf update just for wheels. Uh, I'd rather just keep playing Mario <laughs> Golf. Thank <laughs> uh, But yeah, uh, but hey, volleyball and other sports that had not existed before. Also, this would be Wii Sports 3 wheels. There was Wii Sports <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Can't believe you forgot the rich Woohoo Island uh, tapestry that was Wii Sports Resort oh, Resort yeah. and Pilot Wings Resort. How can I forget that? Pilot Wings. Um, but yeah, uh, and that was a bit abortive. They had, they had intended for there to be like a bunch of games that just used the shared like setting of like Wahoo Island or Woohoo Island. I can't remember what it was called. But, like, only those two games ever used it. Um, to my knowledge, anyway. Uh, let's see. I think uh, that uh, ends the amount of beating around the bush we can do. Unless we want to talk about Loop 8. Yeah. Why is that? None of us knows enough about it to talk about it. Anyway. Oh, we didn't talk about Kirby. Oh, yeah. Kirby, Kirby. can eat a car now. That's upsetting. <laughs> That game he doesn't even really know, eat it. He just sort of wraps himself around. You don't remember the original Kirby commercial in America, do you? No, this looks different than that. It's, it looks different from him literally swallowing a cartoon Rambo and spitting out a wad of human flesh. Yes, yes thankfully. <laughs> um, wow. It, uh, in this case, it's Kirby like wraps himself around the car in like a really off-putting fashion to the point where it's like you can see his feet around where the tail lights should be. It's like a Kirby tarp. Yeah, it's it's very strange looking. But yeah, Kirby Forgotten Lands, you can he can like wrap himself around certain objects to use them and they showed off like a vending machine and a scissor lift and a car and a whole bunch of other nonsense. Yeah. So that the looks, game looks, that looks absolutely fun. wonderful. Looks very adorable. Very terrifying. And it's coming a lot sooner than I expected. March 25th. Yeah, I mean, it was implied that was the first quarter game. So. Yeah. Um, I would say the other thing that was impressive about this was that there was only one game that was announced for after July. Yeah. 
we'll get to that. Um, Splatoon. Oh yeah, they started showing Splatoon three with like realistic military helicopters, and I saw Squid Kids, and all my brain could think of for the next five minutes was the words "Splat Hawk Down." <laughs> so I get to live with that forever. It's your brain, dude. Uh, it's a, a bad second. brain. It needs to be removed. I thought they were going to do Squid Royale for a second there, to be honest. Did you want them to do Squid Royale? Kind of. <laughs> like, the idea doesn't actually make that much sense. Anyway, Just on the basis. They showed off the horde mode, and it looks fun. Yeah, Salmon Run or whatever. Yeah. That'll be there'll be some sort of way to play that before the game launches, it seems like. But yeah, splat. And then there was a bunch of like headline stuff that looked neat enough. You know how these these things tend to go. And then it was over. There were two other things. Yes. Two other important things. Yes. Uh, a certain Super Famicom game. Is yeah, one. Yeah, when we'd seen like trademarks that float around like three years ago, and then like, well, what's happening there? Mm -hmm. Live alive. Yeah, I saw somebody asking, "What the hell is this game?" on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, I'm they like, they're giving it kind of the royal treatment because it's getting like a HD two D remake. Let's see. What was my response here? Live Alive is one of those oddities from the Squaresoft Super Famicom catalog that's notable for being weirdly experimental and sometimes fun. Yeah. Uh, anthology game. Oh, yeah, here we go. Stories include caveman hunting, kung fu master training, cowboy um, ambushes on famous outlaw, Japanese period historical drama, Street Fighter the RPG, something, 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 Akira something, um, <laughs> robots versus alien. Literally, Alien, the guy, um, the um, Ridley Scott movie. And uh, then basically a Dark Mirror version of Dragon Quest. Yeah, whatever. It was uh, a weird was, game. Was the, Street Fighter, was the chapter you were describing a Street Fighter, the pro wrestling chapter? Yes. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a game of many ideas and tones. I think it's strongest feature is just how much it commits to all of its weird ideas like every section of the game does feel legitimately different because it's fully committed to a very strange idea quite often a very different concept of even what the story is supposed to be yeah like, i mean like you'll run into some things that you keep that mysteriously keep recurring like i remember the cowboy chapter there's only one actual fight in the entire cowboy chapter and the difficulty depends entirely on how well you set up the entire town as a death trap for the outlaw <laughs> band coming in. Yeah. Like, it's it's a very unique game that we did not get at all. There's a, there's a fan translation, but, you know. It's very nice yeah, to see. In a, hmm? I remember the fan translation 20 years ago being kind of iffy at times. Yeah, it did get updated, like, 10 years ago. That's nice to and hear. It was, um, it was less iffy, but, like, it'll be nice to see an official one. Same thing with Radical remember, Dreamers. <laughs> yeah. One thing that stood out for me for the fan translation was, again, the cowboy chapter. Um, somebody had looked at the word for manure and um. decided that it was a completely different synonym. 
Oh boy. One which is not actually supported by the actual Japanese word being used. Oh no. Yeah. In which, in, <sighs> in any case, the Japanese word does not equate to a cuss word normally. Yeah. I mean, yes, vaguely in one usage, but it's not even the same in the same league as the English version. Yeah, I get where you're going. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, it'll be nice to see. It's a, it's a, it's at the very least, it's a game I think people should try because, like, it is. There's not really anything quite like it. That is. It has. It has. It has a bit of saga to it in the same, just by virtue of the structure. But it's it's very much its own beast as well. The remake is uh, beautiful. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. It's it's HD two D. It looks every bit as good as like the what we've seen in the Q three HD two D remake or the uh, or Octopath itself. It looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, just just very excited. It sounded like it has voice acting as well, uh, which is a very strange bit of Lily Gilding to see on a SNES game, but you know. If you're going to remake it, you might as well. It's getting a boxed release in the U.S. Weird. Which, I mean, I'm happy. It makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. Uh, yeah, I think it might actually be being published by Nintendo in the U.S. Hmm. Which would explain why, like, you know, a lot of these things don't get announced and they'd be... They'll be announced at the direct, and then like there will be a separate announcement trailer that announces what other platforms there are that it's coming to. But I don't think there's been anything else for Live Alive. No, I don't think so. They they did the all platforms thing for Chrono Cross, but yeah, not for, yeah. Not for this. Same thing with Clonoa, uh, although that's debuting on. But yeah, oh yeah, also it has a really good Yokoshima soundtrack. So I don't know if I'm just to yeah, that comes out a week before my birthday. Hooray! Yay! But, yeah. Uh, new box art looks quite nice. Uh, I'm just looking forward to having Live Alive on, a, on an official U.S. cartridge. That just sounds absolutely Weird. lovely. Yeah. You say that as though it's not also lovely. It is quite lovely. Uh, let's see. But yeah, very, very excited. That's, that's the furthest out of anything announced aside from the last thing. Uh, it checks. Oh yeah, one of the other things that uh, probably will be get probably will be getting more. Uh, play in Japanese than in English is the number of artists who contributed to Live Alive and uh, Live Alive's art direction. Mm -hmm. Because I think each chapter was like collaborating with a different manga artist. So like huh. trying to think of what ones among these like people like any have had any of their work uh, exported. Uh, the one I most immediately knew was Gosho Aoyama, who, do, who does uh, Detective Conan. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Oops. 
yeah, like each each chapter seems to have had a different manga artist collaborator, which makes it uh, which helps contribute to all of them feeling very very different. Speaking of manga artist collaborations, well, that's 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 the cue. Oh, that's the cue. Um, yeah. Um, excuse me. Did they announce anything else? Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Xenoblade Chronicles 3! That's why I said speaking of manga artist collaborations. It's got the same manga artist who did the Yeah, I know, it's trying to drag too. it out slightly longer. I hate you. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... Uh, uh, I was... forgot to say earlier, when they did the Front Mission remake trailer, I thought for a second... Very briefly. That it was Xenoblade X. Yeah, so <laughs> I wasn't expecting anything Xenoblade, so then when we got to the end and they announced three, I was, like, over the moon. <laughs> and um, it looks amazing, and I'm very glad that they say straight off the bat that this connects to the first two games, because that... As was... though it weren't obvious from what's in the trailer. Right. Because that was a lingering question until two, and you don't find out the answer to that until like eighty hours into the game. <laughs> so eighty hours into this hundred-hour game. Yes. So uh, I'm glad to know that right off the bat, and uh, I see lots of the familiar Xenoblade races. It seems to have an art style more reminiscent of Xenoblade Remake than it does two, which they seem to have like heavily dialed back some of the more. Yeah. Uh, the some of the more like shonen manga y look of who. Yeah, which I had no problem with, but I know a lot of people whined about it, so Yeah, they seem to have kind of like fused it with the way Definitive Edition yeah. looked. It looks great, so there's there's not really anything to complain about, so um you know, I can't I can't wait to find out more about it. September! That's as far out as anything was announced. That's the only thing for, the Q, for Q3 announced. So we've still got a, a lot waiting in the wings to be announced for the second half of the year. Yeah. So yeah, no Zelda. I'm assuming the next we'll hear of it will be at a... Yeah, if we're going to hear about it, we're going to hear about it at E3. Yeah. And win, lose, or draw, that's probably when we'll hear about it. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about the 48 Mario Kart track. Oh, God, yeah, that was... Uh, when they were going on about that, I was only, like, half paying attention, and I heard, like, eight courses, so I'm like, oh, that's that's neat. Get, like, eight more courses. And then they started talking about the pass, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be split into six phases of eight. And I was like... What the f <laughs> I've seen people point out that a lot of it, that they seem to have uh, done this in part to uh, get some use out of all the tracks they designed for Mario Kart Tour now that that's like just died on the vine. Because those were like proper Mario Kart tracks and there are yeah. some of them in that first pass. I mean, they should have done but... that to begin with. I mean, that's like one I mean, of the most po popular Switch games. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, they tried it out as a mobile game. It didn't work as a mobile game. So they're just like, okay, well, then we will sell these as DLC for Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Then people will stop bothering us about a Mario Kart 9 for a minute. Yeah. Because we're saving that for the Switch 2. But yeah, 48 Mario Kart tracks. There's a lot to announce anywhere. Yeah. That will double the amount of tracks in that video game. Bonkers. So yeah, uh, tons and tons of stuff coming up. There's so much stuff. Yeah, like uh, I now want to, I now need to replay Xenoblade before September. That's two 100-hour games, dude. No, no, not two, just the first one. Because I just finished, oh. the, I just finished two. Like, I don't think it was last year. Did you ever year, do of the Golden Country? Oh yeah, I got to do that too. That's not as long though. And Future Connected. Yeah. First. You're gonna confuse yourself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I want to play yeah. that extra content first. Confident that you'll be able to go all the way through. So I want to have content. Make sure that gets done. Yeah, that was that was a it's fun though. Yeah, it's, it's nothing about that that I did not enjoy. No, there's no point where it's like, oh, this is boring and <laughs> well, there's too much stuff coming up. Got like, all of it's good. Yeah, I've got Horizon next week. Uh, Elden Ring. Triangle Strategy, beginning of March. Final Fantasy Origins, Strangers of Paradise. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins, singular, there's only one. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we covered that last week. Got yep. murder chaos. The record shows I took the blow. Yeah. I should probably just give up on setting any date for finishing Dragon Quest XI because uh, this is too much. You're going to get fucking cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just a slot. And then you also have Dot Hack. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm going to play a lot of that while I'm away in Florida in April. Are you going to Florida? Disney. <sighs> yeah, we're driving down. Don't get COVID. Um, I was going to say, you're driving hot zone right now. I mean, we're driving at least, so we don't have to worry about, like... I'd be more concerned about world itself. Yeah. I don't know. We'll mostly Where are you be on 95? We'll mostly be outside. We'll wear masks inside. I'm not I'm really... I'm not that concerned. Just gotta be careful. Like we, uh, yeah. we, we did a local theme park in the summer last year, which made which um, yeah, maybe a little nervous about, and we were okay. So, most, as long as you're masked up. Yeah, mostly outside stuff seem doesn't seem to be too great a risk, but I, I guess it is Florida. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh... 
Yeah, like the Florida part is the thing that's the most concerning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be careful, obviously. We're not going to. But yeah. Uh, last then, recode is 15th, something like that. Yeah. 15th of April? No, March. March, right. Uh, I double check. Let me double check. And PAX East is actually the week after I come back from Florida. 3-11-2022. That's going to be an exhausting two weeks. Yeah. <sighs> Featuring soundtrack and manga and art concept. 192 pages. That's pretty long. So incidentally, uh, there will be two weeks in April where I will not be around to do shows. Yeah. Uh, those will probably just be skipping. Yeah. Uh, depending on whether or not I actually visit my visit America for my brother's wedding, I may be in quarantine for at least one of those weeks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, April's April's gonna be. Uh, but start of a new season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're all going to die, but for different reasons. We also will die of COVID, and I will die of video. I'm triple vaxxed. If there's more boosters in the meantime, I will boost. We have, we have options. I just want you to be healthy. Yeah, we're going to take all the necessary precautions. Okay. Yeah, but you can't That's plan against stupid, and it is Florida you're traveling to. No, no, I agree. I am Googling Florida man right now to find the most recent. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Well, that one's not a joke. Some of my uh, wife's family went to Disney last year. And oh. actually may have been there before that before like the general populace was getting vaccines and they were good so I don't know Florida man claiming to be Mick Jagger in downtown Naples arrested there we go there's our floor so what were you saying before I interrupted with Florida man I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing East. I actually finished an East. Oh, I should ask you about East. Yeah, you should. I need to re re earn that title. Um, I finished East Eight. I got the bad ending. Um, mm-hmm. the ending involves. A lot, and I actually watched the the uh, the other endings, like the normal ending and the true ending. And there's a lot of weird lore that happens at the end of that game that I don't, I actually don't like that much. Uh, but overall, like the story of the characters and stuff wraps up nicely, so uh, it's it's whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an excellent game. I don't think I like it quite as much as E7, but uh, the changes and improvements to combat are excellent and continue on to E9, which I've started up on the, the Switch version again. And I'm uh, enjoying that quite a lot. So, uh, 
and have also been playing a fair amount of Pokemon Legends, which continues to be wonderful. Still a lovely game. Yeah, trying to think of some random stupid things that happened recently. Um, I found an Alpha Magikarp. Oh my god. <laughs> if you know how Alpha Pokemon works, that is the most ridiculous shit wow. post of an encounter. Can it actually like, deal damage to you? Can it actually hit you? <laughs> no, no, it cannot because it only knows Splash. Oh, I mean, that's they do wonderful. learn Tackle at a certain level. Yeah, but this one doesn't know it. <laughs> so all it does is every single turn, you just see like you know it's it's brimming with wild rage and then it splashes again. Uh, but it's also level fifty-five, so you can immediately evolve it into Gyarados. It's like a little gift. But yeah, but so that that was hard. fun. That's my fun. Because it's missed out thirty-five <laughs> levels of leveling of your Gyarados. Yeah, but it's fine. It's it's fine. It's yeah. gets it gets plenty of stats that it, it gets all the stats it needs really. Uh, oh, I I caught my favorite Pokemon from um the Pokemon fighting game, the frog guy. Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah. Tournament. What's his name? Um, Crowagunk. Yes, yes. He's oh, my yeah, absolute favorite. I'm amazed. I remember game. that name, but yes. Because I used to annoy my son by doing because you can like hold down and he'll like lazily slide like just sw slide and swat at the opponent. It's freaking hilarious. He, he's wonderful oh, in that game. But, yeah, he just oozes style. Yes. Yeah, he's he's all over the mire. Actually. Yeah. Uh, caught me ghastly. Um, yeah, those things are gigantic. Actually, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> like you see art of ghastly, and you're not like prepared for the concept of oh, this thing is the size of like a particularly large beach beach ball. Uh, I managed to not get knocked out, but lost all my Pokemon to several giant alpha Pokemon. Which ones? Uh, some giant bug. I forget what it was. Um, was it a Parasect? I think it was. And then, Big old mushroom with, uh, like, on top of, like, a yes, bug. Yes, yes. I caught that thing. Yes, I... Yeah, I, got lucky. I caught a Paris, and then that one popped up, and I'm like telling my daughter, oh, look, it's a Parasect, and I try and catch it, and then it just knocks out all my Pokemon. It utterly annihilates them. Yes. Because losing all of your Pokemon is not game in this game, they, they're much more willing to just have a Pokemon completely obliterate your Pokemon. Yeah. That reminds me of, actually, I think, I'm reminded of a line from one of run review I made. It's like, so um, since being defeated just sends you back to the, this one point, the actual penalties for loss are pretty low, which is why the developers apparently um, decided that you really need to get blasted as absolutely often as possible. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's just going to happen in Legends, because it's like they know that you can, if you run out of Pokemon, you can just like climb on your were deer and Scuttle off. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's, I, that's a I like that. Fun I like a lot that they don't hold any punches in this game. It's great. 
Yeah, it's, it feels like it's meant to address a lot of things where, like, if you grew up with Pokemon, this, like, this isn't unapproachable for new players, but if you grew up with it and you've been complaining about the last few games, this is a game. Yeah. And I haven't been complaining about the last few games, but I appreciate uh, these things a lot. It's great. Yeah. It's like a change of pace. Yeah. It's a brilliant little game. Looking I was mildly surprised we didn't hear anything about DLC for it yet, but I suspect we will eventually. Yeah, sure. Some. But it also, like, is, you know, it's only been out for a couple of weeks, so it's yeah. one of those cases where it's like, just let it sit, let people actually reach the end, and then at E3 announce, hey, and coming in the fall will be, like, the first part of a season pass, I'd imagine. Yeah, especially with well, how well this game has sold how well it's sold, and also just the fact that like the way it's designed allows them to add new things to the map without it being a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's my bet for one of the things that they'll be announcing in E3 is like, the season pass for Legend of RPS. Uh, what have you been playing, Gaijin? Oh, yeah. I uh, remember my uh, demo copy of Atelier Sophie 2. Yes. Yeah. I, for some reason, just the way that the email that it came with was worded, I figured um, that there would probably be a cutoff point for this, and past which I wouldn't be able to play. I've yet to find that point. Huh. Yeah. Concerning? Keeps... <laughs> no, it just keeps going. I'm on like the second major plot point now. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, if. If this game were arranged in chapters, I'd probably be in the middle of chapter three. Fair enough. Out of how many chapters would you imagine? Who knows? Fair enough. Is but um, the main map has the main map has images across half of it now. Oh wow! So, I think yeah. you'll have to read the impression wheels. <laughs> but I want to know now. Mm. Is it good? Is it bad? It is actually a lot better than. A lot better than several of the previous games in that series. Well, that's good. Um, it is far, far superior to the original Sophie game. <laughs> I was about to ask. Um, and good. not just because I played the Steam version of Sophie that was incredibly buggy and had Oof. issues with people's eyeballs disappearing. Oh, oh God, Oops. I remember that. Oh, and God. reappearing on other people's foreheads. Oh, God. No. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah, in the impression, I make a reference to um, extraorbital ocular issues from the original Sophie game. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, um, Sophie Two plays a lot like um, a lot like a one of the Atelier Riza games, except that they <laughs> learn some of their lessons about pacing and plotting <laughs> from those two. Well, that's good. So um, it's got a lot of the same exploration features as Riza, and it has much better characterizations and translation than Sophie. And um, generally, it's moving on at a good pace. No dub, I assume. Yeah, sounds like it's generally better. <laughs> um, at this point, I am not sure if the lack of English dub is solely because this is the quote-unquote demo version or if this uh, is going to hold over to the full version. Um, I will find out in about two weeks when my copy gets upgraded to full version. Yeah, they haven't dubbed... They haven't done a dub since uh, the second Mysterious game, so I, d I doubt there's going to be one. 
considering one of the things I specifically called out in the first game for was the fact that Pamela Ibis sounded like a turkey. <laughs> um, yeah, I was not a big fan of the English dub to begin with. Yeah, it wasn't the best. On the other hand, I'm actually enjoying the fact that I can close my eyes and listen and actually be able to tell what the conversation's all about. Absolutely. Um, I'm like, all right, my listening skills are up and up and get going up. Yay. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even bothering to try and translate in my head. It's like, oh, okay. And then I just know what they're talking about. See, that's the, that's the level of bilingualism you want to shoot for. <laughs> now, if only I could speak that well. Eh, one at a time, one at a time. Mm. Yeah. And sadly, your Joy-Con is dead. Uh, no, I mean, it's not dead. It was just kind of meandering all over the place. It got sent to the Joy-Con <laughs> hospital. Yep, it was confused. Joy-Con with dementia. Um, yeah. Being treated for driftitis. Yep. So, I mean, should be, be back, back in a couple week. weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to figure out, get my way through the uh, website for it because I forgot that I'd accidentally signed in with my American Nintendo account and not a Ew. Japanese one. <laughs> Oops. It's like, okay, why does why does this thing keep going in circles? Wait a minute. It's like, read the one line. Was, oh, wait a moment. Never mind. Cannot um, cannot use this function because you were logged in as an American. <laughs> okay. Teach me to actually read closer. So. Oops. Oopsie, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ode to a fallen soldier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh... I guess, uh, I guess it's my turn to talk about what I've been playing. What have I been playing? Oh, Dynamite Decca, that's the important thing. Dynamite Decca owns... Dynamite Decca? Dynamite Decca... <laughs> Why? Because it's uh, and, awesome? and you're using the Japanese title, so I'm assuming you don't mean um that's the second one or what? No, Dynamite Cop is the second one in the US. Uh, I am referring uh, to Die Hard Arcade, Dynamite Decca. So you're playing Die Hard Arcade, okay. Well I was playing the uh, Sega Ages uh, PS two Dynamite Decca. Oh my god. Which is a fantastic... like I am very sad that that version has never been ported anywhere else because it's it's a fantastic uh, little port. Uh, there's if you want the faithful version, you can go into Sega Saturn mode. It looks exactly like it did on the arcade and in the Saturn, uh, in the Saturn and on the Saturn and in the arcade uh, because it was based. It was an STV board game, uh, which means that it was basically an arcade game that ran on a Saturn. Uh, but yeah, so it has that version. It has an, an updated version that was made for the PS2 release that is uh, prettier, but still, you know, retains the general artistic feel of the original. And then it has a butt-ton of extra modes. Uh, so, like, when you finish one mode, it'll tell you, oh, now you can play, uh, now, like, press in this button combo and you can play in uh, deadline mode. And deadline mode is the entire game is played on a t you don't have a health bar, you have a timer. 
You need to finish levels fast enough that you don't run the time limit. Uh, and when you get to the second level of that, like when you get to the second level of any special mode, you unlock, you can uh, change your costume. Uh, so for uh, deadline mode, uh, the since you're invincible in that mode, it's all about time. Uh, the alternate costume is Sagata Sanshiro. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, there is uh, there's an easy mode in case you're having difficulty with the game, and in that mode, uh, the bonus costume is uh, Axe Battler and Tyrus Flare from uh, from Golden Axe. Uh, in uh, there is a one uh, one shot kill mode where any gunfire will instantly kill anyone it hits. Uh, aside from bosses, bosses will instead lose like an entire health bar. Um, there is an an arrest mode where enemies are invincible; they could only be uh, like you have to use the almost hidden arrest function that opens up when you grab someone while holding a gun. Uh, like, it's just all these weird different ways to play the game. Uh, in an homage to the Sega Saturn port of Die Hard Arcade, they put in a uh, simulation of the electromechanical Sega Arcade game Periscope. Uh, so if you do well at Periscope, you get more credits to use in the arcade mode. It's it, it's really, like, it's really... Uh, the, the, the way I would describe dynamite deca and its sequel dynamite cop is that they are the best 20 minutes you'll ever have like both of them are super short uh but really fun arcade beat-em-ups and i spent I, I played through that about three or four different times uh over the past few days just just sort of because i could uh curious about that game ever since i played project cross zone and the main characters not John McClane in Project Crossa. Yeah, yeah, he's like a solo unit in that. Uh, um, yeah, he's one of the guys that you can add on to another yeah. unit. But and yeah, he literally throws everything and up to and including a grandfather clock full of dynamite. Yep, that is a direct reference to one of the first things that you can find to throw in the game is literally a grandfather clock. But yeah, it's it's an extra. Oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, when you put on certain costumes, certain bosses will also change. So like, there's a point in the main game where you'll like be fighting just a dude, like a like twelve foot tall looking dude in American football uh, gear. And if you're playing easy mode and you're wearing the uh, Golden Axe outfit, he turns into like Death Adder from Golden Axe. It's it's super fun. It's like a it's such a fantastic version, and it's an absolute tragedy that it has never been ported anywhere. It was only available like it was available on PS2 as part of the like PS2 Sega Ages 2500, the ones that uh, M2 made after Sega took it away from D3 after they made just an ungodly number of travesties, uh, and then that was available on PS3. Uh, might still be. I don't think that store has quite been taken down yet, but as a PS2 classic. But that is the last time that's been available. It's a tragedy. It should be available on Switch. I should be able to pay $20 and just play Die Hard Arcade anywhere. Uh, 
but yeah, fantastic. Love that game. Uh, I'm playing it that many times also made me realize just how many moves you actually have in that game. Cause I started finding like, Oh, I can consistently do like these wild suplexes and, uh, bulldogs. And there's a, there is a very specific motion that will get you a giant swing. Like it is a very wild combat system. <laughs> But yeah, I, I fucking love that game. Uh, everyone, buy, track down a way to play uh, Di Dynamite Decca slash Die Hard Arcade. It's, it's a top five. So, would you ever hope that they make another game with a similar combat system? Oh yeah, no, it's actually, it's a very fun to actually play combat system. It was made by, I want to say, AM1, which is not one of the... Uh, it was like a co-production between like AM1 and a section like some of Sega of America. Like it was one of those like it basically never re like it's it's a bunch of unsung parts of Sega. Like I believe AM1 eventually became Overworks, but yeah, like just just a bunch of the like also ran to Sega. It has like a very like the combat. Uh, almost feels like a beat-em-up adaptation of something like Virtua Fighter in terms of how the actual pacing feels. It's, it's a very interesting game. Big fan. Would love to play more game, uh, play another, like a throwback beat-em-up that played like it. Um, yeah, just... I can love Dynamite Decca. Uh, and Dynamite, Dynamite Cop, uh, which was for the Dreamcast, uh, is also wonderful and somehow even more absurd because, like, uh, Dynamite Decca 1, it should be noted, it was conceived as a diehard game. Like, it was, it was made to be a diehard game, and then they didn't have that license in Japan, so they just made an unbranded version. But Dynamite, Dynamite Cop was always an unbranded game, so it goes completely nuts. And there is a there is a section of that game where you can just pick up and toss a literal nuke at your opponents. <laughs> so it's a game. Uh, but yeah, like this is my plea, Sega. Please, uh, please and thank you to make a uh, Dynamite Decca collection for uh, for Switch. But yeah, so I played that. Uh, else have I been playing? I've definitely played a lot of Trash the past. Like I, anyone who's listened to this knows that, like every few weeks, perhaps a month or so, uh, I will uh, decide to start digging out of the garbage and playing whatever, just whatever crosses my mind. Uh, so I was playing like. Last night I was playing a Konami PS2 skateboarding game that no one has ever cared about. Huh. Uh, I will clarify, no, not the one with Solid Snake in it. It's a predecessor that people extra don't care about. Uh, it's not very good. Uh, don't play ESPN X Games uh, Skateboarding 2001. Not great. Not good. Uh... But yeah, this just very... Uh, I, I've been... I've gone full on into like oh i'm gonna eat trash mode for the last little while <laughs> and uh so that's where i am that's what that's what i've been playing because uh so someone has to play uh 
I, I don't know. I don't have an excuse. I've got no excuse. I have no follow. Okay. So I was looking through some stuff here, and it looks like there was one Japanese-only game mentioned on oh, yeah. the, on the um, Japanese side of the Nintendo Direct. Not Loop 8? <laughs> it was Loop 8, actually. Um, okay. Is that one mentioned in English one, too? It was not. I was just. It was something that I had brought up. That's like, oh, that only happened in the Japanese one. Yeah, yeah. If you mentioned, I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah, oh no, it's okay. Okay, this looks interesting. Marvelous. Um, I mean, literally the company. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, marvelous. I saw people comparing it to. Uh, I saw someone more knowledgeable comparing it to Gun Parade PS One, in terms of what it seems to be attempting. Not familiar with that one it's uh, uh it's all uh i will elucidate uh that it is weird by saying it was developed by alpha system oh yeah okay yeah um i should look into that sometime yeah gun parade march apparently was like the the description that i got was that it was a game about survive essentially surviving for a month while waiting for military resources <laughs> and like every character has like essentially like an ai that can sort of randomize their moods and like you have to react to their moods in certain ways if you want them to do certain things and like it can branch along that wasn't well, this one, anime probably uh, that's, what I, that's what i was thinking mm -hmm. i mean just from what i'm reading of loop 8 it really sounds similar to a actually sounds a bit more like a mega 10 it's probably got a bit of that as well but apparently the thing that they were uh, emphasizing was, oh, everyone's got a randomized mood that you have to keep track of. Oh, yeah. apparently it, there was a manga adaptation based off the video game. Mm -hmm. That would make sense. They do that a lot. Probably what I'm thinking of when I hear it. By the way, hello. Hello. Hey, hey Tom. Oh, and there was indeed an anime. It looks like 24 episodes and a three-part OVA. Eh, must have done reasonably well. Let's see. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, Loop 8, I think, is the only thing that showed up in the Japanese direct, not the American one. I was, I was, I am very excited from what they, all they showed in the direct. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was good. Very good. Oh, we actually have questions on episode 243. Yeah. And some of them are about the <laughs> direct, though. Okay. Let's see. Uh, here. Let's see. Oh, now wow. That, yeah. Hmm. The Shaman. Yep. From Shaman. Now that the first two front missions, Radical Dreamers and Live Alive, are coming to modern consoles at some point this year, how long until Bahamut Lagoon? And when will it come? Before, uh, before or after the Pixel Remasters and Chrono Trigger? I suspect the Pixel Remasters are probably going to be like a late this year thing. Yeah. Bahamut Lagoon, if I, it happens, I suspect it's probably more like a next year thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean ahead, the fact that they're bringing. Oh, sorry. The fact that they're bringing Live Alive over at all makes me really. Think that they're at least considering the rest of the Super Famicom library. We gotta figure out how to do Treasure of the Rudress. That would be a major hassle there, but I mean they've got plenty of other games as well. 
Yeah, Treasure Hunter G. Uh, yeah, Bahamut Lagoon, as we've mentioned. Yeah, yeah, Bahamut Lagoon was uh, was I, I assumed a given, but uh, and that one's at and, least a good game, unlike Treasure of the Rudra. Can't believe you'd say this about poor Treasure of the Rudras. Treasure of the Rudras <laughs> had its ups and downs and interesting moments. Um, okay, I know. I watched Stark play it and yeet it after he did it once. And um, what else? And we've already, in, in previous weeks, we've already discussed the possibility of a quintet um, tetralogy. Or yeah, I, I feel like that's a plausible one because, like, there are people actively pushing to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, it just really depends on how much of the publishing rights the Enix side of Square Enix retained, and how much Enix was nothing was... but a publisher. So I would be shocked if they didn't just keep everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it also depends on how much of Quintet still exists. Mm -hmm. uh, the answer is basically nothing, but like the yeah. Quintet, uh, what we know of Quintet basically seems to imply that the people that are, uh, that the people that were involved would be ready to negotiate if it was necessary. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did do the remake of ActRaiser, which came out of pretty much nowhere. Yeah, that, yeah that's the reason like ActRaiser's the one that... In the first place. Yeah, ActRaiser is the one that it's unambiguous. They unlocked Stock and Barrel. Yeah, uh, and then the other the other point being that um, I'm pretty sure Square Enix does actually own the rights to the entire Ogre Battle series at this point because they finally did oh buy yeah because the they bought Quest. Yeah, it, they did finally buy out Quest completely. Yeah, sometime after I think shortly after Night of Lotus. Yeah. But... So. Um, because yeah, I remember actually reading up on this several years ago to answer a question involving um, if there would ever be another Tactics Ogre game. I'm like, yeah, the conclusion is that, yes, we actually got them. They were called ta Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 1 and 2. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, this, is, this feels jinxing to bring up, but it is reasonable. One of the... The, so the thing that first leaked the Chrono Cross remaster... Uh, also had references to a number of other titles, some of which we also know, like, it also ended up happening, like the PC Port of F7 remake, and Act uh, what? Razor was on that uh, leak as well. Uh, it might have been, yeah, it's been a while, but uh, the the bigger thing was that also on that list was some sort of F of Tactics remaster. So that might also be a safe bet for future projects to see, be on the lookout for them releasing. Uh, I was a little surprised about the Radical Dreamers coming with the Chrono Cross. Yeah, no, that was yeah. they. They've been very resistant to touch that. So very I remember exciting. trying to play Radical Dreamers like twenty years ago on emulation with a bad translation, and just did not work. So it'll be nice to see it with a professional quality translation. Yeah. Not that all fan translations are bad. <laughs> it's just that also no, 20 but... years ago, the standards were very different. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 20 years ago, this was literally a fly by night. A couple of friends deciding to do it and they did not quite understand what they were working with. I remember programming. I think. Yeah. I remember there and... was a pot. Oh, God. And I was going to say, but my only other real experience with that side was actually attempting to help somebody with a Romancing Saga 2 translation. 
And oh man, that was a bad text dump. Oh man. So. Oh yeah, Romantic Saga 2 is a hell under the hood. Um, yeah, that's why my hat goes off to whoever actually managed the official translations, like dudes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, something I remember, there was a, I listened to a podcast some 14 or so years ago at this point that was basically, uh, they were, they talked to one of the people who had worked on like a polished up version of the Radical Agreements translation that had happened like a few years after the first one. And uh, he talked a bit about how you get to certain storylines in that game and you get, you start seeing really weird zombies that you've never heard of before because it starts talking about Sharon Cop radiation. <laughs> it's just like I started, like he, he, he was talking about in this interview, uh, like he was going down, he was going through these things like, yeah, this is coming along fairly smoothly. Like I can't guarantee when it'll be out, but it's, you know, it's moving. It, it's, I'm not hitting any major road bumps, uh, road bumps. And then he gets to like the, uh, like space scenario, and it's like, oh no! Because <laughs> I, yeah, you get some really weird tangents in the Japanese for some things. Yeah, and like each I, each actually, scenario. Okay. It was like just completely other thing, but I still remember like one of the first um, Pokemon movies I went and saw in the theater in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed I could follow the plot because it included things like in accordance with the Book of Prophecy, in the same in the same set of lines as space time reality dysfunction. Oh lordy! Yes, uh, it, it was the Zorro yeah. movie. Um, there was in fact a time, weird time loop mass destruction thing going on. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, radical. If if you never if you played Chrono Cross, Radical Dreamers might still be worth a shot, even if you didn't like Chrono Cross, because it goes in wildly different directions depending upon some of the choices you make. Uh, what links and the Frozen Flame are is not a question with a fixed answer in Radical Dreamers, is I guess how I'll put it. <laughs> And uh, each scenario, and like several of the scenarios, are written by different people who have very different answers to those questions. And remember how I used to characterize Chrono Cross as being Chrono Trigger fan fiction? Yeah. That that is in fact the exact reason why, because Radical Dreamers is just it feels like fan fiction. It feels like a group effort fan fiction. Much what, weirder which, fan fiction. Well, I've, I mean, you haven't been to a lot of fanfiction communities if you think that was much weirder. No, I, I mean weirder than Chrono Cross. Yes. Like, Chrono Cross grew out of one branch of the fanfiction here. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, like, like, Radical Dreamers, like, it might not be a more satisfying sequel, but I would say it's a more interesting one. I mean, there is the guy who comes along with you after being turned into a, a mushroom dude. Whose name is just Fun Guy. Yeah, I hate him. He can get the fuck out. Um, yeah, no, he's not a great character, but... He, he is not interesting. He does not count as interesting to me. <laughs> I, did, I did find the interest... One of the more interesting characters being the one who that practices Drunken Fist. Get that a lot. Running thought a lot. Yes, but the interest... Uh, her story was interesting because she was a part of a twin set 
but each twin got separated between the two worlds. That was mm. what was interesting. It doesn't do anything with that, really, but... No, there's a lot of stories that just end, which is the frustrating thing, but... Yeah, like, Chrono Cross is a game that has no idea what its own strengths are, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of... Yeah. There was a lot of potential for a lot of very interesting character development beyond what you got in that game that just went nowhere. Again, yeah. very, very much fan fiction style, lots of things spun out, and a lot of wheels left spinning. Mm-hmm. Wheels hates that. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the wake of Live Alive, I did see at least one person uh, hoping that one day that they do HD 2D Chrono Trigger. I don't know that I believe they'd try it, but it would probably be the only way I could see them meaningfully revisiting the property. Yeah. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. And we have a question from Crawl. Uh, mm-hmm. While consolidation of the video game industry isn't highly desirable, some companies could do with fresh impetus and funding. A long way of saying uh, of getting to who should buy Konami, which companies would be best fits for its IP. Uh, I think Wall is getting a little mixed up over where Konami would be on the equation of purchasing a company. The big issue with Konami is that, like, if we're we would have to like imply that this was a company that was somehow only purchasing its game division, which is a relatively small part of it at this stage. That that's what I meant. It's like you wouldn't be buying all of Konami and expecting to actually get the games out of it. No, you'd be buying it to buy a bunch of health spas. Yeah. Um and if if you had a situation where a larger company was buying out a smaller games company and in order to revitalize it somehow, Konami would be the one doing the purchasing. Mm-hmm. Most likely. So and trying Konami to reactivate their gaming yeah. division by essentially replacing it. Yeah. And Konami doesn't really care. So Yeah. If we were if we were to entertain the pie in the sky who I would like to see own Konami's IP somehow. Like honestly, I wouldn't want it to be a first party company. I'd want it to be someone like Capcom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but with like, like Konami or even Sega, I mean you're not gonna see a lot of revitalization unless you somehow magically bring back every single game center in Japan. Pretty much. And, like, Sega has recently announced that they're pulling out of the Game Center business completely. Yeah, I wonder how many, how long we'll still see Club Sega hanging around the Yakuza games. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hope that they just keep them. (laughs) I was going to say, since the Yakuza games are technically historical setting. I mean, some of them are, but, like, uh, a lot of them are contemporary Japan from when they were released. And and even... uh... Like a Dragon is kind of getting close to modern day. Like a Dragon is literally contemporary with the year it was released in Japan. Like, I believe it's set in 2019. Uh, they might just keep it anyway, because it wouldn't be the first in- inconsistency that they have in those games. I-, I could totally see them doing it as just like a historical nod. It's like, oh, well, in this game... It just kept happening. <laughs> yeah. Or even just don't even mention why this just happens to be there. Yeah. 
Like you don't need to you don't need to bring it up. It's just like, yep, Club Sega. Sega never died, everything's fine. But yeah. Uh let me see. Yep, yeah, cause uh, I I looked it up. Yeah, cause I like Dragon took place in twenty nineteen. But yeah. Since they never sold like the Club Sega name, it's not gonna uh, run into like a licensing issue like uh Don Quixote did in the most recent game. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like if we're if we're gonna talk about uh, what company I think would be the best steward of Konami's IP, it would probably be Capcom. Uh, sometimes you just let the great the the great rival is the only substitute. Uh, Either that, so. or let some of the some of the studios that produced games for Konami. Take control of their own IPs again. Yeah, just lease out. Like uh, on the on the other hand, I don't think that I think it would be doing Hideo Kojima a great cruelty to force him to own Metal Gear again. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I was thinking of just like Beyond the Labyrinth, which was made by Triace. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Beyond the Labyrinth, them. I'm not sure that they. Would, it would be nice if they got the chance to release it. I could see them putting that on. Yeah, I mean that that would be the main point because I'm guessing the main reason why it never got released in English is just because Konami was not interested in trying. Yeah, they were pretty much out by that point. Um, Beyond the Labyrinth, you had. Uh, oh yeah, that actually does remind me that one of the things we forgot about the. Uh, at the direct was that uh, the Getsu Fuma Den revival has like a proper we, release date. I was gonna say we men we mentioned that last week, I think. I, I brought up the fact that it exists, but they just like announced that Getsu Fuma Den Undying Moo, something like that. Uh, let's see, Getsu Fuma Den, yeah, Getsu Fuma Den Undying Moo. Is coming. To, it like will be out for the Switch very shortly. Which okay. I mean, funny. <laughs> okay, talking about different IPs coming back again. I was just scrolling through Reddit and saw a video for Fallout Nuevo Mexico. Hmm. Like, there's a new Fallout game. Really? No. I haven't announced a new one yet. Official trailer. Huh? Unless this is mod, and what am I seeing here? Might very well be a mod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fan expansion. I really don't know anything about anything of this game series anyway, so... Yeah, it appears to be a... Like, you occasionally get those fans that... Those, uh, it's a fan expansion for New Vegas. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to play the video with the the sound on here, so couldn't tell. Fair for enough, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I looked it up. Getsu Fumadan Undying came out today, apparently. <laughs> so there's your Konami. Uh, that's as much as you're gonna get. But yeah, any other moribund developers that could do with a boost? Uh, so think of like ones that haven't already been acquired in some mass consolidation. 
or uh, ones that didn't just simply self-destruct and we're left wondering what the hell just happened and where are the pieces? Yeah, and, I feel and like why I... are we not coming up with an actual even number of pieces? I guess if I were to uh, think I'm, of companies, I'm looking at you, Image Epic. I'm really looking. Oh at God! You. So they, they did find the guy eventually. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was long, painful, and weird. Um, yeah. I'm trying to. Th uh, oh yeah, that's it. Uh, I would like to like someone to pick up the pieces of what the hell happened with Treasure and get very uh, interested in re-releasing their back catalog. Was Treasure? What? Which uh, which company are we talking about? Treasure, Gunstar Heroes, Alien Soldier, Radiant Silver Gun, Ikaruga, Mischief Makers, uh, a lot of uh, Guardian Heroes, a lot of like old school uh, shooters and beat 'em ups. They okay, so I okay. yeah, they they persisted up until like 2013 or so. They produced. Geist pressure on 3DS and then promptly ceased to produce anything. Or Geist Crusher? You probably don't. <laughs> no. Uh, it had like an expansion called Geist Crusher God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it was some abortive... Uh, Multimedia project from Capcom for 3DS. See, so, yeah, the last thing to come out of them seems to have been Geist Crusher God for uh, 3DS, and then they basically uh, ceased to make anything of meaningful note. Uh, which is a shame. Uh, they did a lot of. Oh yeah, they did Sin and Punishment, Sin and Punishment fucking owns. Uh, speaking of Konami, they were uh, they were contracted to do the uh, final proper Gradius game, Gradius 5 on PS2. They did a really nice uh, Astro Boy game for the Game Boy Advance, Astro Boy the Omega Factor. So they, they did all sorts of stuff for, for some un- fathomable reason uh, they did a number of Tiny Toons licensed games at one point but yeah they, they were they were a weird little company it's a bit of a shame they just disappeared um, but yeah uh, I would be fine with it being with someone making clear that they're intending to steward their back catalog because it's uh, disappeared Haven't heard a peep out of them since 2014. Don't expect to hear a peep out of them ever uh, ever again. A few of their games have seen re-releases since then, like Ikaruga, but they have a, a gigantic back catalog that deserves to be re-released and not just Dynamite, Heady, Alien, Soldier, and Gunstar Heroes ever and over again. But then again, Sin and Punishment did just come out again on the Switch, so mm -hmm. that's something at least. Is Wheel still alive? Yes. I don't trust that. It vexes me. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else you can think of in the realm of 
companies that seem to have gone inert that you wouldn't mind seeing just just so something else would come and work? Uh, nothing I can think of offhand. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, just realized I need to check the uh, podcast section of the store. Make sure there's not anything I'm missing there. Nothing new there. Uh, questions inspired by 2000s movie franchises. Um, what are some examples? Okay. Uh, we can probably do at least a few of the fireminer questions we have left over in the Discord. Uh, here's some examples of video game dialogue that sounded like they weren't written by humans, something down to the level of Star Wars prequels. Um, uh, well, I've known a few games over the years where it was very obvious that nobody really proofed the translation very well. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely had that. For whatever reason, I'm remembering Robotrek. Oh, that's a weird game. As being particularly um, in need of a good proofreading. Beyond the fact that that one NPC had four different spellings of his name. <laughs> oh, just yeah. like uh, Arno Surge. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I've also played some more recent games, uh, mostly indies on Steam, where... I mean, some of them were very upfront that they said, we're sorry, this game uses a machine translation. So that's just um, what we have access to. Yeah, and um, occasionally you'll get a, to a point where, the, oops, they forgot to cover something and you get text in Japanese or Chinese. Um, didn't didn't um, Moon, uh, Super Robot Wars Moon Dwellers also use a machine translation at first? It's not literally a machine translation, but it is a very, like... Machine-assisted. Yeah, machine-assisted would probably be the way I'd describe it, like... When you when you see actual machine machine translations, you will see a lot of sentences that don't make any sense at all, and like everything in Moondwellers made sense, it was just phrased in a way that a human would never say anything. Yeah. And then they realized that hey, there's an audience for this. Let's hire people. Yeah. Yep. And no, then I they mean, hired uh, different people again. Uh, I mean, quite possibly for Moondwellers, whoever was in charge of overseeing the text may not have had much experience with how people outside of Japan speak English. Um, yeah, I'm given to understand it was, like, this is just all hearsay, but I'm given to understand it was uh, essentially coordination between Japan and Southeast Asia. So, Yeah, there's a whole lot of wiggle room over what's considered normal phrasing mm -hmm. there, and willing to bet that, I mean, if it's, if it was actually understandable and generally okay, then probably they uh, um, they wouldn't be able to notice how weird it was in some things. Um, mm -hmm. A lot more experience in reading or living elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but like when you look at like machine trans, like a raw machine translation, you end up with, you see a lot of like, because Japanese sentences use a lot of implication, you'll see a lot of the machine makes a guess at what like, word or pronoun goes here and guess is super wrong. <laughs> I will note that Google Translate no longer automatically assumes the subject of a sentence to be it. Yeah, yeah. Which now Quite means that uh, half the time you'll put something in Google, in Google Translate and it will, between sentences, change the subject of the sentence because it assumes it's different. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, in the opposite, I remember um, 
my my brother was working for this company and they were doing some project for a Japanese company and had a lot of placeholder text translated to Japanese mm -hmm. um, and things. And they got a very, um, what's the right word here? Um, the, the way that the reply from the company was worded was, could only be described as kind of humorous at their expense <laughs> um, for the translation. And so my brother actually got, um, got me a commission to just look over it and mm. explain exactly how badly they messed it up. Mm. It's like, okay, guys, you see the symbol here? That is your that is your object particle marker. It is not supposed to be dangling in the front there. Um, <laughs> this is what you get when you just put a verb into the translation program, and it assumes that you're going to want to put a direct object in front of it. Mm. Um, yeah. And then here, okay, yes, okay, this, okay, you do not use the grammar like this, okay, you know, I trust them on when they say that it's a better option to use this instead. Um, a lot of buttons don't use full sentences. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, e even with languages that are fairly closely related, it, machine translation is still a, a little wonky at times. So if you're dealing with Japanese and English, no, you do want somebody who actually knows what they're doing in charge of this. Yeah. Because, like, the, the machine trying to guess context ends horribly. I mean, not just that, but, I mean... I mean, Japanese can be crazy enough with... Um, the much the floatier sentence structure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm and sentence structure, but I mean, consider how god awful English is at times with phrasing and allusions and literary references, mm. and the sheer number of adjectives we have that are based off of Greco-Roman mythology, mm. or the how many different synonyms for big you can manage. Turns out most languages are basically Dharma from Star Trek. TV. Yes, We've but just English condensed them all into one word. pretty awful about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. But every language is, like, just full of cultural encoding that makes it so that, like, oh, yeah. Darmok and Jalan at Tenegra. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, if you ever look at a translation of a Japanese game and you think that this seems kind of dry and kind of dull, it's because that's how... Japanese translates out into English naturally. Mm. Whereas translating English to Japanese, the Japanese are left wondering, what the hell is this supposed to be? <laughs> so. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like, I, I told you guys about the, uh, the, uh, and site reaction to the English translation of um, Reseteer. Mm -hmm. Where it was fun reading this Japanese article and the first comment was trans loosely translated was what the hell does capitalism ho mean and how do they get that from a simple hi? <laughs> uh... Okay, related one, which game franchise tried to grow up while also being appealing to kids, but failed both. Think Star Wars prequels again. Hmm. 
like you do get these situations where companies will just try to like, oh, we'll just we're gonna make it mature, quote unquote, and it just ends up being like, oh, wow, you you just suck the charm right out of that shit. <laughs> but nothing's immediately springing to mind, which is weird because I know I've definitely seen this happen. Anyone else got something? No. Mm -mm. Well, I'm just gonna hurt Wheel's feelings and joke about Yokai Watch 4 now instead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was vaguely moving in that direction, although I don't think that's what caused people to lose interest. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it was kind of trying to pursue an audience. Like, when you, when you pursue a new audience, you're really running the risk of, well, your old audience doesn't like it and your new audience doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, but when your old audience is losing, losing interest... It's losing interest anyway, you kind of have to. You gotta take the chance. Hmm. Uh... Oh. I just got reminded random thing that happened to me this week. Mm -hmm. For no apparent for no real reason at all, I decided to actually check my RP Gamer email account. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I normally just get random spam from various game related stuff. I actually had mm -hmm. a legitimate letter in there huh. from like a few weeks, um, like from mid late January. I'm like, oh wow. I think this is the first Japan never letter I've gotten in seven years, and the column ended five and a half years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, like, um, remember I, I used to have an update for, um, a, it was an art column that was running in uh, Famitsu for a while called the Lovely Lady Lab. Mm -hmm. And um, this guy was wondering if I happened to know which um, which issue of Famitsu this particular picture came from? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like. First, I was thinking, okay, I have absolutely no idea how to tell this because I never actually noted it. And second, mm -hmm. I probably threw this magazine away ten years ago. Yeah, that's kind of the danger. Like, Famitsu's are not really meant to be kept. I don't think. Uh, no, I mean, I only hoarded them for a couple months at a time. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. got a bit much. Um, but no, it's like I actually have the entire series of scans on a in an R um, in a RAR file. Mm -hmm. So after I figure out how to open a RAR file on my current computer, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me tell you about Seven Zip. <laughs> yep, now I do. Um, I was able to check the timestamps and um, figure okay. So if I scanned it on this day, which was a Sunday, I had to have picked up the magazine the Friday before. Or so, which Thursday or Friday so before. You can make an educated guess as to when it must have been. And then I just, uh, no, I mean, apparently you can find them for sale on eBay. Um, yeah, people do sell archive magazines on eBay. And while um, I couldn't find one the, in the, I mean, I could find all of the issues within that like three or four week window, and not all of them with the table of contents showing, so I wasn't able to verify. I'm pretty sure that this particular lovely lady lab was on the November 11th, 20, what was it? 2010 magazine. Damn. Yep. It was either that one or the week before. Yeah. 
that's a pretty good uh, ballpark given what you started with. Yeah, and considering it wasn't one that um, it was uh, Sylvia from No More Heroes. Oh yeah, and, twenty ten um, would make sense. So it's around yeah, when two and, was coming out. Yeah, and um, and sometimes the selection of character is directly tied to the main um, article of the magazine, and sometimes it's not. Hmm. So it was like from that same um from that same column, I also had Samus Aran's smile from Lady, Lovely Lady Love, and that was a lot easier to pinpoint because it was actually the magazine that had um, Detroit Prime on the front. Uh, in September, so. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll try to come back to that question if we can think of some answers between now and next week. Uh, maybe we'll do one more. A quick one. Or we'll shuts down entirely. Yeah, let's do a quick one. Uh, finally, some examples of deeply unfunny comic characters in games. Which one has uh, the equivalent of Jar Jar? Oh, God. Uh, what's uh, his face from Xenogears? Uh, are you thinking of Choo Choo? Something? Choo Choo. No, no, no. Maro Maro from Blue Dragon. Oh, God. Never played uh, that one. Her. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a very archetypal, like, Toriyama goblin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he just kind of sucks. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for atten- intended to be comedic, but just kind of awful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, 3DS game called Hamator, Look at Smoking World. Okay, don't know that one. <laughs> I mean, it's a... It's, and technically, it's a uh, manga slash anime spinoff title. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it. Yep. Um, and in the uh, in the Hamatora manga series, all the characters had like literal mutant powers that were had tr- specific triggers, trigger conditions. Mm-hmm. So, like, in order to use them, you had to um, like do a daily ritual or find a specific item or do different things depending mm-hmm. on the type and power and intensity of the ability. And um, so one of the characters in the game had ice powers, mm-hmm. and his actual trigger was he was an aspiring, um, basically aspiring stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And he had to tell bad jokes. Oh. I mean, he didn't consider, consider them to be bad jokes. But they were bad But jokes. they were pretty bad. Oh, is this like yeah. my flat earth joke? Oh, no. Oh, worse. Worse. I so, I don't um, know. um, you know, yeah. maybe flat earthers have it right since the world is made of uh 70% water and it's not carbonated. Technically, the earth is flat. Uh, <laughs> get out, uh, please get out. Yes, but yes, that level of joke. Um, okay, okay, with the with the um emphasis on leaving the audience cold. Um, I got it. Yeah. at least I got a groan for mine. Yeah. I I just remember playing the game and thinking, okay, if they ever actually tried to translate this, he'd probably end up being a uh, actually just from his personal design, he would be believable as a as a wannabe up and coming hip hop artist, and just have the rhymes leaving care leaving the audience cold, and um, working about the same way. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. Yeah, but that yeah, sounds okay. awful. 
Uh, so he was intent. No, I mean, he was intentionally written as being unfunny. That's something, uh, at least. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I, I feel like a lot of the the um, vo um voice stand-ins for mute um, for silent protagonists would probably count one way or another. Yeah, the the ones that yeah, just except for Yangus. Yangus was the bomb. Oh yeah, Yangus is great because Yangus is like Yangus is not a character. Yangus is a comedic character, but it's not because he's trying to be funny. It's just that like it's very easy to get comedic like gag takes out of him. Yeah, because he's like the the amount of times that they just pull the joke where he just like gets shocked by the king, and then eventually he gets sick of that joke. <laughs> I love that. Gotta love it. Gotta love you, I guess. But yeah. God. But yeah. Uh, and put that on. Put put the the ultimate version of BQ8 on Switch. Give me the bonus content from the 3DS version and the upres graphics. But uh, I will fucking do everything in it again. But let's see. Uh, yeah, this would uh, uh, one thing that I would say that this kind of character often crossbreeds with is the like hilarious pervert. And there's only so many versions of that joke you can tell, and you definitely are going to run out of them before you're done with a 40 hour RPG. With a side order of the scrappy. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I like right now. I'm just thinking about how, like I like I know a lot of people like this game and a lot of people like this character. I got fucking sick of Isun long before I was done with Okami. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, you you'll run into those guys. It's like because like that's the other danger of putting this kind of character into these kinds of games. It's like you run into the like you have to like when you're seeing them like for a two-hour movie or even like a 26 episode series it's like well you know there's a lot less time for them to wear out their one joke but, like when you're playing like a 40-hour game it's like oh my god i'm so sick of you you need to have some more dimension to you yeah. uh, i mean if they actually developed as a character and had more dimensionality they would not be Character. It wouldn't be the gag mascot character. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, oh yeah, speaking of mascot characters that fell flat on their face, there's uh, Tales of Legendia, my old foe, mm -hmm. which has these this like race of otter people that the developers really seem to assume that they were going to be just inherently funny. It's like the first time you meet them. They just sit there and say or for like three sets of text boxes, and I got really, really sick of it immediately. <laughs> uh, Tam, Wheels, you got any of these? Mm -mm. Any of what now? Any uh, characters that are clearly meant to be comedic that immediately fail for you? Um... You know, um, honestly, Sui Coden, um, hmm. I always, so there's, 
across at least the first three games. I forget about four and five. You know, there was the girl and her, like, self-made robot, and they tried to make them, like, a comedic duo, and it mm. just kind of really fell flat on me. I don't. I like the characters. Don't mind, don't get me wrong. I actually like the characters. But the comedy fell flat. Yeah, the comedy fell flat. Now the one I did yeah. like in the third game was mm -hmm. the gal with the sock putt, but wolf that had like the complete different personality, and she ended up like punching herself in the face with it because the puppet kind of had its own mind, kind of like Scarface from Batman. I, that's how how mm. I played it that one. Which which mm. game was this? Suicoden uh, 3, I think. Suicoden 3 huh? had the gal with the puppet, oh. but Suicoden as 1, 2, and 3 had, like, this young girl who had this robotic barrel that followed her around. Mm. I really need Suicoden to play this. can kind of get away with it, because you've got, like, 108 characters, so if someone falls flat, it's okay, because someone else is going to show up in, like, 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and some of them are amazing. Some of sometimes them are. Sometimes you get gone and his very neat sword. Uh, and then and then there's other characters in that series that, although I think Suicoden 5 has overall the best cast of all of them like everyone mm. was more or less a good character as far as like their personalities and whatnot. if we're thinking of recurring like kind of gag characters from Suicoden I end up thinking of like I think her name's Vicky she shows up in all five of them just like at the end of every game she's in, she just sort of sneezes and teleports herself away by accident. Yes. And it's implied by it's implied that by the nature of her teleportation magic, she is experiencing the games in the order they're being released, which is nowhere near the order they're taking place in. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, she's also involved in Five has like a team, a unite attack. Uh that is just like it's like five characters all together but it's it's just a fancy way to waste all of their turns <laughs> like they just they just fuck up completely and it wastes everything vicky was a fan favorite i don't yeah, know if she showed up into karis tear freeze yeah yeah or whatever the, the next one after to, I, I'm, I'm always going to call it Tear Crease and Woven Web of a Century. Okay. Yeah, because that last one we never got in the U.S., probably because the one before it sold so badly. I mean, also, like, everything I've seen of Woven Web of a Century makes it look like, a, look like a disaster, but there's a fan translation coming out, so maybe I'll be proven wrong. But, uh, yeah. Tear Crease, I remember mostly because it's the German word for Zodiac. At least, as I recall, reading way back in the day. But yeah, uh, Wheels is clearly dying on the vine, so let's uh, yeah, let's get the show on the road. Wrap it up. Uh, that's why I tell you when you're streaming Apex before the stream, you got ninety minutes of you, or you're dead. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Gaijin. Oh yeah. Okay, time for the weekly plug. Yeah. So yes. Uh, Princess of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yadimizu, uh, Kindle Kindle Unlimited. Um, currently standing at nine ebook episodes, two ebook side quests, and a paralogue, or ebook, or just four separate paperback collections. Yeah, your choice. 
um, for your reading pleasure involving anything tabletop gaming related. If you enjoy games, reading about games, living vicariously through other people's poor dice rolls and decision-making um, decision processes, um, then give it a try. Yay. Okay. Uh, Wheels. Uh, you can check out my Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash askwheels where we stream random stuff and we do a show on Sunday nights on the RP Gamer Twitch. Sunday night shenanigans, streaming a random RPG, and sometimes doing a fighting game on my channel afterwards. And obviously, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you can always watch slash listen to the show live every Wednesday, Wednesday nights on my Twitch channel or the Airbnb Gamer Twitch channel. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tam. Uh, and you can catch me here on the RP Gamer Twitch channel as on the uh, twitch.tv slash RP Gamer as well. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays in the AM and usually Fridays on the late night slash overnight uh, playing various games as well. Um, right now, Tuesdays and Thursdays will be is uh, Parasite Eve, which I'll probably be finishing up next week because it's a short game. And then uh, Fridays, I've been streaming Final Fantasy XIV, but I may uh, be doing something that's going to be a little longer. I, I don't know. I haven't fully decided yet. But uh, stay tuned in order to be able to find out. Uh, and as for me, still got a Patreon. Uh, it's currently in a state of flux and some, you know, work on making sure that my schedule will work with new job that's starting up soon. Uh, that's an ongoing concern. Uh, you can still read the articles that are currently on there have not yet gone stale, so you can go ahead and read those. They are at uh, patreon.com slash study. Uh, they are all free to read, but I always appreciate anyone kicking in a couple bucks. Uh, let's see. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my... Uh, my plug, uh, you can also ask us questions. Thanks again to Shaman, Kroll, and Fireminer for the questions that keep us fueled. Uh, the, uh, you can ask us questions in the comments section underneath any given episode. If you comment on any about the last three episodes posted, we'll probably find it. Uh, you can also comment in the Discord in the podcast section. As it turns out, uh, it's a lovely community with plenty of people to discuss all sorts of things, your favorite RPGs or otherwise. Uh, you can find that by going to RP Gamer and hitting the community section, which will get you an invite link to the Discord. It's a great place, even if you don't want to ask us questions. But that would be our uh, major plugs. So, without further ado, see you, Space Cowboys. See you. Catch you on the flip side.